Good evening, everyone. This is Kayla with the Cheatham Crew, and I'm joined by my gorgeous wife. Hey, guys. Hillary. And today we are doing part two of Rhett. Mm-hmm. As we stated before, there is a trigger warning for anyone who's experienced death of a child. Stillbirth. Or stillbirth. And take it away, babe. All right, so... The morning we went in for you to deliver, um, you threw up, you bounced on a ball. Yes. Uh, and then you had Vivian feed off of you to try to get your labor going, because I had pumped to get Vivian going. Mm-hmm. And my water still hadn't broken yet. No. Uh, but we tried all that. Nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Um, you had ice cream. Yes. Um, and I think, did you have fries? No, I had tacos. Because we, we had tacos. tacos right. We had leftover tacos. So I had tacos, and then I had ice cream right before we left. Right. Um, and I'd taken a shower and all that fun stuff. Just in case. Right. Um, so then we went into uh, the delivery room, labor and delivery room. Because we had to check in that morning. Yeah, we had to check in. And um, the nurse came in. You were laying down. She buckled everything in. And she was like, huh. She's like, you know, sometimes it takes other people. So she goes and gets another person, which we've had in the past. Oh, yeah. Somebody somebody couldn't find it. Somebody else found it. Yeah, that was, it, no- so it was nothing. So it was nothing that we were concerned, concerned about. about. Um. You were 39 weeks mm-hmm. plus four. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody else came in, played around a little more. And then they were like, oh, we're going to go get the sonogram machine. And I think that's where I was like, that's weird. That's not normal. Correct. Um, don't get me wrong. They do bring in the sonogram machine. But they don't typically bring it in. To find a heartbeat. To find a heartbeat. <laughs> they can find a heartbeat with that little doozy machine that everybody has in their home once they have their first baby. Because we had one. A Doppler machine? Yeah, a Doppler. <laughs> uh, at 39 weeks, you can you can find it with a Doppler. Uh, I remember you used to find Charles's with ours. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so the first lady comes in and she puts it on there. And I look at you, and you look at me, and your eyes are huge. And both of us could see it. Both of us could see. There was nothing there. There was no blood moving. There was no red. There was no blue. (laughs) There was no clapping of the hamburger. There was nothing. And we just kept looking at each other. Like, like, I felt like we were both saying with our eyes and with our mind, this can't be real. This, I mean, we were literally in here the day before. Not even 12 hours before. And there was a heartbeat. There was, everything was going. Everything was clicking. We were good. We were flowing. Everything was fine. And then 
I don't, was she a nurse or something? She was a midwife. She was a midwife, so she can't say anything, right? Is that, is that the rule? I, I don't know. She needed a doctor, though. Like a, she needed a doctor. Like a doctor, doctor. The doctor came in. She did it. It was the same thing. She looked around, and uh, they were pressing a bunch of buttons, but we all knew. Everybody knew in the room that there was nothing going on. And everyone rushed into that room, like midwives, doctors, everybody. And there was just silence. Yeah. Um, I remember... I remember walking into the hospital that day, and I ate ice cream before we left because that normally wakes woke him up. And I was on nights, so he wasn't normally moving in the morning anyway. Right. Because it wasn't his time to wake up. He didn't wake up until about noon. For his night shift? <laughs> For his night shift. Because <laughs> that's when mommy had her cup of coffee, her ice cream, you know. Whatever it was to get the day going. Basically, whatever got me through those, like, eight hours of work. Anyway, um, and I remember walking into the hospital, and I remember shaking my stomach, like, hey, dude, come on. You got you to gotta get up. This is your big day. <laughs> and we walked in, and you, you have to show your ID and check in and all that fun stuff. And on the table, on the counter... I remember this. There was... Um, like, I, I don't remember the name of the binder, but it was, it was the binder about, like, miscarriages and stillbornness. Remember that? And there was something purple around it. Yeah. A purple bag or something. Because I guess purple is the color of uh, loss, grieving, bereavement, something like that. Um, but we go in, and I remember looking at you... And I've never seen that hurt on you. And I wanted to die. Because I I killed our son. And I hurt you. And that's something I'll never, ever forgive. I mean, anyway, so the doctors come in. There's no heartbeat. One of the nurses is like, is there anything we can do? And I'm like, I want Major Gonzalez. And she had experienced loss. That's not why I wanted her, but yes, she had experienced loss. Um, and I, we actually talked about that during your pregnancy. She was at... She did a, some sort of ceremony. Right, for miscarriage, stillborn. For, and, bere- for bereaved parents. Yeah, and we had, we had talked about it during your pregnancy, actually. Yeah. Um, I remember that because I was like, oh, that's really nice of her to, to put that on. And you were like, she lost twins or, uh, I don't know if it was in the article you read or whatever you were doing. And, and, um, I was like, oh man, that's why when I probably said that twin thing. Probably. Yeah. But. Lisa came, Lisa came up there. She came running in, and I just cried on her. She cried. You cried. We all cried. It was a big, huge oh, cry we fest. Cried for a long time. 
Um, and then they asked they asked us if we wanted a C-section. They wanted you to push. And I... And you I, looked at me and you said, I can't. I can't do that. You're like, I can't deliver. I still want a baby. I want a C-section. And I was like, okay, C-section it is. And they asked you if you had eaten. Mm-hmm. And, and I, we were like, yeah. So we had to wait six hours. Yeah. I remember we were in the room by ourselves. They asked us if we wanted to go home. Do you remember that? And I'm like, no, I don't. What would be the point of going home? Right. Um, so we went to this other room. And and then, like, once I got settled, you, you left because you had to go feed Vivian. Right. Um, we had sent out messages kind of letting everybody know. Yeah. And you had a necklace you had bought. To hopefully get through yes, a I, labor. A natural labor. natural labor. And you took it off and you chucked it in the garbage. Mm-hmm. I did. And I kind of just hung on the garbage can and I just couldn't believe it. I, the whole thing I couldn't believe. And trust me, I still couldn't believe it. So we hung out for a while, or... I went to go feed Vivian. Uh, You'd ask Lisa. Lisa had to... I asked Lisa if she could stay for the delivery. Right. And she said yes, absolutely. Right. Because um, for whatever reason, her schedule... She didn't have any patience that day. Um, so she was able to stay, but she had to go downstairs to do some things. Do her work. Do her uh, job. Right. I mean, <laughs> her job wasn't taking care of us. Rude. Um, but you had asked her to come back up. I did. I said I had to go home and that I would be back. But if if she needed anything or if she could stop by and see you, make sure you were good. I wasn't good. Just for the record. (laughs) Not that she could have fixed that, but I wasn't good. Um, and then you went to get prepped for his delivery. Um, before that, before you came back, um, I had, were you, were you there when Chief came in? Uh, Chief was there on and off a few times and I would come in and he would already be there or I'd leave and he'd already be, or he would have already been there. So I'm not sure. I don't. I don't remember if he came before I delivered Rhett or after. But he came because I, obviously I had to tell him. Um, and he was very nice. He was very supportive. Um, you know, like most people were. Um, but I also had the funeral director, or not the funeral. What, what was Phil? The mortuary guy? I, I don't know. He was just really nice. The, he was the morgue guy. Um, and I, I remember telling the nurse, I'm like, I want all the information now. I want everything figured out now. Right. I was in, like, just get it done mode. Right. Um, obviously, still talking to you about everything. Right. Uh, and so Phil came in, and he was amazing. 
he handled that situation beautifully. Um, and then we got all the information, and then I got prepped for my C-section. Yeah. You were still getting prepped whenever I came in? Yeah, the anesthesiologist, he, he kept missing. I don't understand how. Like, he would poke, and, like, my knee would jerk. And he's like, well, that's not right. And he kept poking, and I'm like, I'm going to throw up. And Aaron, the nurse, I'm like can I have a bag, please? Because I need to throw up. And the poor girl, she's holding me because I have been to Ben because he's still trying to do the needle. I'm throwing up. And I just kept apologizing. Like, I'm so sorry. No one likes to have throw up. Be thrown up when you're standing right by somebody. You know what I mean? Right. Have you noticed that when we talk about Charles and Vivian's story, the nurses are the background? We don't remember their names. But when we talk about Rhett's story... No, we know Charles is. Jeff. Oh, Jeff only checked you in. And then helped you push for a minute. And then he, like, touched my spine with his fist. But, yeah. But that's it. I mean, touche. I mean, you can't really focus on a baby, so... Right. Um... So, yeah. And then... They kept coming in there and checking on me. While you were getting prepped. Was Lisa with you? Lisa wasn't with me. Mm-mm, I don't think she was with either one of us. Oh, okay. I was in the room. I think a nurse was staying in there with me or, like, watching me. I don't know if it was on purpose or just, like, prepping kind of thing. Gotcha. But I don't think I was, like, fully alone in any room for longer than, like, five minutes. I mean, I could understand why. Uh, so... So you came in, um, and I remember, this was right before you came in, and they had just, like, strapped me down. And I grabbed Holly's hand, one of the nurses, and I'm like, please don't leave me until my wife gets here. And she didn't. She held my hand the entire time. I went in there. One of the nurses came and got me. I think that was, they let me put my gown on by myself. I think that was the only time I was by myself is when they let me get get in like the sterilization clothes mm-hmm. um which i was in there with charles forever like they didn't come get me until the baby <laughs> was almost out uh i remember them starting the c-section uh with Rhett, which i didn't see at all with charles right um i could hear them talking they were counting, and Lisa said, do you hear that? And I was like, no. And, like, I did, but I didn't, I, because I wasn't paying attention. Um, and I heard them talking, but I, it wasn't, like, audible talking. Um, and I didn't know, like, everything they were saying. And she was like, they were counting. And she was like, they were counting how many times his cord was wrapped around his neck. I don't remember any of that. I just remember... Looking at you, and then when he was out, you you left to go Rabbit. with him. Uh, and Lisa stayed by me. Right. They showed me his cord. They showed me the knot in his cord. Um, and... You brought him to me. Gave him to me. 
his little nose had like blood coming out of it. And I brought him to you. And I just held him. I didn't let him go until... I don't even remember going to the room after. Do you? I don't either, no. Like, I don't remember how we were transported or how you were transported. Neither do I. How he was transported. Uh, But I know we were in the room. And they have this little basket thing. Mm. And it's like a water blanket to keep... And cool to keep him cool to keep preserve his body basically and but you can still hold him and all of that um there was a photographer there she asked if she at first we had declined everything we had declined everything did we yeah i think we were just like in the i don't know what to do kind of stage and they were like, no, we do want this. We do. We do want photos. We do want something to remember him by. Something tangible. Um, they let me wash him. They let me dress him. And I had a C-section, so I couldn't get out of bed yet. Right. But I was able to sit up a little bit. Um, they asked if we wanted to baptize him. Right. And we did. Right. Uh, I'm Jewish. You are agnostic. Atheist. No, you're not atheist. You're you're agnostic. You believe in something. Uh, I believe that you should have... You should be kind. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. um, But I didn't... We didn't know his religion. We're not... We are not one of those parents who's like, just because we believe something, you have to believe something. So we did a non-dominational baptism. Right. Lisa was there. The nurses were there. Everyone was very respectful. One of my favorite photos is when the priest put water on his head. And, like, his hair is, like, falling down with the water. He had so much hair just like Charles. I know. (laughs) Like... Both the boys had beautiful black hair when they came out. Beautiful black hair. And it was just so soft and luscious and gorgeous. And then he came out bald as a cue ball. And she stayed bald for a minute. <laughs> She's turning two and we can finally put a, her hair in a ponytail. Both the boys were just like, wow, what beautiful hair you have. <laughs> and he looked just like me. He did. He does. Um, and then, um, I wanted, I was ready for, once he was dressed and we kissed him and we loved him and I was ready for him to go because I didn't want his body to start decomposing yet. I didn't want that. I didn't want that image of a decomposed body in the casket. So I figured the sooner we got him to the morgue, the sooner we could preserve his body. Yeah. That was my line of thinking, anyway. Holly came in. She did his footprints and his handprints, and, and we did ours with his. And he's such a foot. He has such big feet, though, for a baby. 
You remember? Yeah. They all had big feet. I know. They're weird. Huge feet. They get it from you. Um, But yeah, he had such long toes. Yes. Such a, like, a little narrow foot. I've got narrow feet. Then we we said our goodbyes. Um, and I went home. He well, you did. Um, because you had to feed Vivian, but he went with his um with his coming what was going to be his coming home outfit, right? And his sailor outfit, and then his little whale. Um, I when he was delivered, we wrapped him up in the blanket we were going to use to take him home. Um, and I kept it. I still sleep with it to this day. Um, you went home to feed Vivian. Um, and the nurse had asked me if I wanted to speak to a priest. And f- I don't know why, but I said yes. And so he, the priest comes in. He sits down, uh, and I start talking. Um, and he would, and he just wasn't. I wasn't getting the "I accept you" vibe. You know what I mean? Right. And he's like, "Well, I can find someone who um, supports your lifestyle choices." <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, we're done." So, yeah, don't ever use that priest. That priest was an asshole. Um, and then after the first night, you came back with Charles and Vivian. I did. I didn't sleep. I, I was awake. Um, and I wouldn't sleep again for, like, another day. Right. I had kind of slept. Uh, I fed Vivian mostly. I was in pain. <laughs> um, I guess I should say my boobs were in pain. I'm not feeding her. Or for extending her feeds. Um, she had milk at the house, but she wasn't taking it. Right. So, she wasn't getting a lot of milk. <laughs> um, so when I got home, I fed her. Um, and we got up the next morning and we got dressed and we came out there you came to see me and Charles cuddled up with me and we all kind of took a little nap yeah um and then they moved you to the Weird room. The recovery. Not it, It's not mother and baby, obviously. You asked not to go to mother and baby, which... I don't think that any, they I, weren't going to do. I don't think any right-mind person would be like, oh, you just lost your child? Let's go put you around a bunch of people who have just had their child. So let's have you listen to babies all night. Um, so it was like... I think it was like the general surgery recovery room. Yeah. A recovery ward. Um, I had my own bed. Right. Or my own... Area. Bedroom, yeah. And this nurse, <laughs> let me tell you. So I'm laying there, like, I'm not having life. Like, I, if I could have died, I, I would have, if I had the option. But this nurse 
she didn't know where my uterus was. <laughs> so when the labor and delivery nurse like dropped me off, she was like, I'm going to check your uterus one more time just to make sure it's still going down. And she did, and she was showing the nurse how to do it. How to do it. Um, so later on that night, um, I, f- I finally get some sleep medication. But right before I take it, she's like, I want to check your uterus because it's been a couple hours. And as she she's hurting me because she's poking and not, she doesn't know what she's feeling for. And so I kind of push her off of me, not like violently, but just like move. And I do it myself. Like I find my uterus, because I know what I'm looking for. This isn't my first rodeo. rodeo. I'm like, okay, it's fine. It's dropped. You're fine. Um, and then she left and then the next day Phil came in, uh, Ryan chief came in and the other guy, the S the SGLI guy, the life insurance person, um, they were all very sweet. They were all very nice. Um, I guess you get the kids have life insurance through the military through the military um we didn't want it we we ended up taking what they did give us and uh, spoiling spoiling Charles and they and we went hog wild we did <laughs> um then Lisa wanted to, I was getting discharged Lisa wanted to see us the next day for a checkup. Right. Um, we got in the car. Well, first we walked. All the way down there. All the way down there. And it sucked. So bad. Like, because you're not, if you go in nine months pregnant, you're supposed to leave with a baby. That's just how the world works. So when you don't, So I get in, we get in the car. Mm-hmm. You obviously drive. Yep. And there was a rainbow. We were driving home and there was a rainbow. There was a huge, beautiful rainbow. Um, then next day we go see Lisa. We do. And on our chart, on your chart it said, go back immediately. Or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something. Something like send back immediately or something like that. So we didn't wait, but like two seconds. Like they, as soon as you started. As soon as I checked in, Lisa was like, okay, you, you come with me now. Um, we talked. She looked at my scar and all of that. Um, and I remember just... Telling her how afraid I was that you were going to leave me. I was going to leave you? Yeah, I, I'm still terrified to this day that you'll leave me. But I, I just kept telling Lisa, like, my wife is going to leave me. I killed her baby. Like, why wouldn't? I'm like, I don't think she's going to leave me today. But give it a week or two and I'll be out. And you'll be out. And I wouldn't have blamed you. Like, that's the weird part is I wouldn't have held it against you at all and 
she's like, she's not going to leave you. She loves you. You can't see me shaking my head, but I am. <laughs> um, and I just remember just, be, just feeling terrified and wanting to die. And then she was like, are you eating? And I lied. I said, yeah. I think between the both of us, we had had like maybe half a meal in the last four days. But my wife, fucking honest McGee over here. Nope. No, she's not. (laughs) So I got reprimanded by my midwife. Right. I was mad at you. I think everybody was just trying to take care of you, including myself, but including her. Right. Um, my thought, and at no point in my mind did it ever cross my mind that I was going to leave you or that I had felt like you killed our baby. I'd never felt that. Um, in my mind at that time, it was get through these next few days with my mom and then I can mourn our son. Like, just, you put on a happy face and you can do what you do, when you do it, how you do it, just get through it, uh, kind of thing. Yeah. And then, I think it was the next day you went with your mom and the kids to some castle. Yes. And I had fallen asleep on the couch. Uh-huh. Um, and I had woken up to, like, 900 messages. from you, from phone calls, texts, voice messages. And I was like, I fell asleep. Yeah, I was worried about you. I, I knew the state of mind you were in because I was also in that state. Of in mind. that state of mind, and I had honestly just went to sleep. Like I we like, had, we had just gone to the BX. I think that day. Really? Was that? Yeah, it? I think we. I didn't want to leave you too soon, so I think we had just went to the BX or something nonchalant. Nothing it may have even been like a lunch. It was something simple. Gotcha. Um, and I was freaking out in the car. I'm like, you don't understand. It's not okay. Because my mom was like trying to reassure me. Everything's fine. She probably just fell asleep. She probably just fell asleep. And I'm like, it's not okay. Um, no, I was rushing home. I was asleep. <laughs> um, and then we I, we did go to the castle. Vivian pooped all over herself. I had to <laughs> change her in the freezing cold. I felt so bad for her. And she literally had pooped, literally head to toe. I was home. I was still recuperating. Um, yeah. And honestly, it wasn't a bad trip, but my mind was not... There. In it. Yeah. Um. I just... I texted Lisa. That's really all I did. Just crying. Lisa honestly became... Family. She is family. Like... We started out hating her, but... I feel like... It for me it didn't happen then, but when when things later progressed and we spent time with her family, which we'll talk about later, but right. um, so that happened, and then a couple weeks later, my six weeks of convalescent was up. Mm-hmm. It was like a week before my convalescent was up. Right. I went to work because uh, I had to talk to Chief about something. And 
he, I, I remember asking him, because it was just him and Ortiz in the office that day. And I'm like, Am I, what section are you going to put me back in so I can mentally prepare? And he's like, well, do you want to work in the same section or a different section? And I was like, well, everyone knows I killed my baby, so it really doesn't fucking matter. And I remember his eyes getting huge. And Ortiz is looking at him like, um, I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and he's like, are, are you suicidal? I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to hurt my children by hurting myself. Um, but if I could die, I would love to. He was like, okay, let's, <laughs> let's figure something out. <laughs> and yeah. he did, uh, which we talked about earlier in my mental health. Or our mental health. Where he kind of tricked you into going to see yes. a therapist. <laughs> and it's not because we didn't try. Because we did. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, yeah. And then pandemic happened. and Which we're going to talk about. I think we're going to back up our next few episodes. And we're going to talk about traveling with the toddlers. Yes. Because we travel a lot with Charles. Yes. Um, and then we're going to talk about... Um, trying to move during the pandemic and we've got a lot yes (laughs) so how are we we're great how are we on your end amazing this conversation was tough and i know that we could probably make several recordings yes just our experience with our son um we hope everybody out there is doing amazing. Give those babies extra kisses. Yeah. Hope you have a good night. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye.